Hi, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Very well, thanks, mate. Yes, are you? Yes, very, very good. So good. to start this off, I'm, I'm going to play a clip uh, from Mike Horn from his TED Talk. And I just want you to listen to this clip. Yep. If you're alone in the Arctic for two and a half years, you cannot afford to make mistakes. Because that's your last mistake. And when your cornea starts freezing and the crystals start cutting the circulation to your eyes, that's when you know why you're there. I don't know, maybe you get that feeling when you get in your car and you drive to work, why am I doing it? <laughs> I can tell you, it's easier to go to the North Pole. You can explain to yourself why you're doing it and laugh at yourself. But when you walk on the ice for over two years and three months, and every day you see something new, every day you discover something that's inside yourself, that's what life is all about. So, Tom, I appreciate you haven't walked to the North Pole in winter and your cornea is not frozen and cut into your eye. But yep. when, you get into, <laughs> when you get into your car or you get onto the tube train heading into the city of London, have you ever thought, why am I doing this? Um, yeah. Um, I think probably, yeah, more so recently than I, than I had been doing um and i think it's important point to say like what what drives you what motivates you and um and also if you do start to question yourself ask yourself those sort of questions what do you do with your response to yourself you know if you say why am i doing that you think if it comes back and you don't know why you can quickly you can quickly sort of destabilize yourself and you can you can start that that can start to snowball and you know can can put can put you into a bit of a into a bit of a dark place um i mean absolutely i mean you've worked for 20 odd years in in the city of london you know you've you've held some some pretty high high pressure roles Uh, i know you've got a a senior role now yeah um with that pressure obviously it, it can build you know and you you have to find ways to to release the pressure to find a work-life balance which yeah it, it's not always easy i mean uh you know working you, on paper you're working from nine to five but mm. I, i'm sure in the roles you've had it's never been like it's, it's not been like that all the time no and that's the thing you can't sometimes switch off and i think you're having your own boundaries having your sort of sense of uh, having your own sense of like balance I, th- I think that is just so key nowadays and i think a, l- a lot of people do mention it but then i think people don't really know what it is or how to get that sort of balance um do, yeah. do you find do, do you find in in sort of the in 2023 let, let's say even as as back as 2013 do, do you mm. find now that companies in the city are sort of acknowledging a bit more people they're going to get more out of their employees if they offer a better work-life balance if they're giving you a bit back they're going to get a lot more out of you in in productivity yeah well i think well i mean i think say particularly in the uk i mean probably in a lot of other countries as well that obviously with the covid pandemic lockdown um, you know, everyone sort of, well, say everyone, a lot of people in my industry were either like say furloughed or they were put, you know, you just work from home and, and 
you, you know, that sort of, was sort of great, say, from a business perspective, because it keeps everything rolling. You know, you, you're still like, you know, you're still sort of uh, satisfying like clients and, you know, getting, you know, sending your bills out and getting your money. But I, I think with that, the, the idea of balance really came in, basically. Like, I remember for me, like laptop set up in one room, you know, f- family in the other room. And at what point did you switch off from work? And then you could get yourself into a trap of saying, well, you know, once you know, put, you know, put my little lad to bed, you know, had, had, had dinner, you think, oh, I'll just go and do a couple, of, a couple more hours on the laptop and that'll make, that'll make tomorrow easier. But it never did, and then yeah. you get stuck. Like I need to do those two hours, otherwise I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be, get swamped. And and I think a lot of a lot of employers really sort of paid attention to this. But I think I, I, I think there's probably like a lot of employers wanted at least to be shown that they were thinking about this. And mm. I think these things like work-life balance or issues like mental health, they, they quickly became on the tips of everyone's tongues, really. And like saying, you know, if, if we want to be seen to be a good firm or a good employer, we've got to be taking this seriously. And I think saying you're taking it seriously is not, is not always the same thing as actually taking it seriously and um yeah i've had a couple of issues where you know the the sort of lack of balance got the better of me and Mm. and sometimes you felt like things like mental health it's a bit of a badge like yeah look at us we're look at look how much we care about our our employees and everything and sometimes you feel it's just like lip service sometimes it feels a bit disingenuous but uh, i think you know it, 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 I, I, I think nowadays, I think because of because of all that, because of the spillover of that, you know, it is so important to get that balance. But I think achieving that balance is is something else entirely. Yeah, and I think I think ultimately, like like your your own men, I've always believed that your own mental health is kind of like your own responsibility, mm. and you you've really got to start. I know it's an old cliche, but you've really got to start by looking in the mirror and sort of asking mm. yourself some some real tough questions and yeah. and and setting up some some sort of boundaries. And I've always found that <clears throat> I have a saying: you have to. I can't make you happy. You have mm. to make make yourself happy first. Yeah. You you can't rely on you can't rely on me to make you happy. No. Because no. if you're not happy then nobody will ever make you happy. No, no. And, and I don't, I'm not saying it in a nasty way. Uh, just I'm saying it in a way that like when you're on a plane and it's plummeting to the earth, mm. the first thing they say is you sort your own mask out first, mm. put your own oxygen mask on first before you yeah. help others. And I've kind of say that you have to sort yourself out. So you could work for a company and I've, I've been there myself where I'm thinking it's not the company that I think's making me miserable. It's mm. me allowing them to to make me miserable yeah. by by not being strong enough, not setting, not standing up for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, a lot of the time appeasing people that I, when really I just say I should just say fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 I don't. I sort of I, in the past I've sort of gone. 
yeah, yeah, okay, I, I, I can go. I, I can yeah. do that in my own time. Yeah, it, it's not worth the confrontation. Whereas now I will just say no. That is outside my boundaries. And it's an important thing to, to be able mm. to say that. I've worked with people who just could not say no um, yeah. uh, because they just want to make a good impression. But then, you know, then then what happens if everything just sort of come, like falls down on top? Then you, you end up on you signed off with stress for, for two months. That doesn't yeah. help anyone no. really in, in the long term. And being able to say no is a very important part of developing in your career and, and, and maturing and growing up, um, I think, as well. You know, um, yeah, but I agree with what you're saying about that, having that sort of fundamental thing. I think, and I've seen people do this as well, when you can tell they're not happy, but they're trying to they're trying to sort of buy happiness. Like, oh, well, like, yeah, I'm only happy. I'm only unhappy because I haven't got the latest this or the the latest yeah. phone, or and that those things will make me happy. And 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 then you can get into that sort of a trap, and you think you you know superficially I'm happy, or that, but then then it all comes tumbling down, and you're thinking, well, why am I so unhappy when I've got all this stuff and all these possessions, and yeah, why why am I fundamentally so unhappy? And I think yeah. a lot. A lot of people don't really know that because I don't think people really have the conversation about what truly makes them happy. If 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 you remember back to, to when we were kids, when we were all kids, what was the one event every year which was the ultimate dopamine high was coming down on Christmas morning mm. and opening and opening the presents of your yeah. new Xbox, your new PlayStation, your new bike. Ultimate dopamine for about an hour. Yeah. You're just bombarded with dopamine, aren't you? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're on you're you're unbelievable. Yeah. And then that that is is concrete in the brain now mm. that that okay, I'm a bit unhappy. I'm gonna unbox the, the latest iPhone. So yeah. for a few minutes I turn it on this thing and I've re, I've gone back to Christmas Day morning when I'm a kid. You yeah. know, and how long does that last for? Mm. It, it lasts, you know, for an hour. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you think. I mean, I, I still do it myself. I got a new phone. I don't know, six, seven months ago. Nothing special, just mm. an, an Android phone. And I thought, right, this is brilliant, fantastic. My old phone battery was shit, and blah blah yeah. blah. And I thought, oh, this yeah. is great. And then six months later, I'm nearly hurling it into the sea because <laughs> <laughs> because I, because the battery's going when it's cold, and the the, the yeah. keypads the keypads glitching. And I'm just mm. like, oh, this fucking phone's going in the ocean in yeah. a minute. And my brain's yeah. already going, just go and get a new phone, Steve. Go and get a new yeah, phone. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, so now I'm saying, I am not getting a new phone. I'm going to persevere with this bastard mm. for, for another six months until I can swap yeah. it in. Yeah. You know, but it, it's because I know getting a new one is not going to solve no. anything. It's because no. a week later, it's going to be the same glitchy yeah. or. Or something, yeah. you know. It's just but, like trade, yeah, trade one set of problems in for another, yeah, really. Uh, and it doesn't mean anything, does it? Really, yeah. uh, you know, what's a phone? What does a phone mean now? And all right, yeah, you you can co communicate with people when you need to, but it, yeah, it's really just a pain in the ass, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, another thing just to keep you sort of tethered, yeah, really to, to to everything yeah. else. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and you you take you take mental health, and and it's quite a broad broad term nowadays and I kind of don't see it as a negative no. uh, me mental health as a negative thing because you wouldn't sort of talk about you know the health of your body in a negative way no. it's it's no, just the health of your body 
mm. you know and i think i've said in previous podcasts you know you, you've got a healthy body you, you you're on the way to getting a healthy mind mm. you know and uh, yeah. but mental health you know it's not just whether you're happy sad you know you, you're adding anxiety and you know you're adding all these sort of facets into mental health and 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 if if one of them's a little bit out of kilter then it can affect the whole whole thing and i mean anxiety i, I didn't even know what anxiety was really probably mm. until i had until i had kids i think yeah um and then and then you sort of you're worrying about something else and, yeah. and it, it, is she going to be okay mm. at play at playgroup is she going to be bullied is, is she going to fall over and nobody sees her fall over and and then i think you add that into it and and that's another you know facet mm. of mental health that people yeah. so but it's normal to feel a little bit worried you know yeah absolutely uh, I mean, well, that's because because that's the thing you need you need anxiety you you need the body's response to anxiety because you know you will have some situations that requires that response you know if if say you were in a position where you were genuine genuinely at, at, say at risk you know you need that anxiety to sort of fuel the response mm. but if if say you're getting that you know that feeling that same sort of sense of dread over something very very innocuous then yeah and that and that and that's the thing you know you don't want to just be like zoned out to the point where you just like you know calm as anything you know you need these are very human responses but it's where you get that sort of imbalance of brain chemicals and 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 and, and, the, and the problem is, is that guides your outlook you know um you're if you if if you don't have very you know if you haven't looked after your mental health and everything just becomes a, a, a problem that that is a, that is probably one of the most like fundamental things and you can easily get into a loop i mean i know that say your know, physical exercise um you know looking after looking after yourself is is a very good way to keep you know, uh, mm. to look after your mental health and a lot of people say that and i know and i know it's true but if you sort of, if your mental health is at a state that you just literally can't motivate yourself to do that, then you're yeah. in you're in that vicious circle there. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in preparation for the, for this podcast, I was I, I decided to try and find some examples of, of sort of my anxiety, and mm. I, I don't suffer terribly badly with anxiety. You know, no. if if uh, one of my daughters is uh, is taking the bus to the shopping mall. I have a little bit of anxiety, mm. you know, is she going to be okay? But I think that's normal. Well, that's natural. As a, as a natural. Parent. If, yeah. if you didn't have that, then, you then know, there's something wrong. Worrying. Yeah. yeah. So, so I can't really call that anxiety. But one thing, one example of anxiety that I'm sure thousands of people suffer the same from is you, you think about if you're going to go on holiday with two small kids, for example, and you open mm. up the Daily Mail, don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge me but you, you open up the daily mail for example and what's the first thing you see travel chaos mm. you know airport airport strike causes travel chaos millions stranded and, mm. and you kind of think if and i put myself in that position that if i was taking two young kids on holiday for example and you're met with that headline yeah the first thing that that's designed to trigger anxiety yeah 100% is designed yeah. to make people think oh shit I've gone it's going to be chaos this and already I'm dreading going on holiday and, yeah. and, and you're thinking to yourself hang on a minute this should be the fucking one time in the year 
that, that yeah. I'm going to relax and yeah. cure my anxiety. Mm. And already the mainstream media, which yeah. which which they want us to be locked to, is already well, is is working to trigger that. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. It's not it, it's not offering any advice to say, okay, there's some disruption. Contact your thingy, don't. But it's designed. Okay, it absolutely is because fear because fear sells. No one would buy a paper that tells you everything's all right. Hundred percent. Um, it, it's 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 designed to provoke that response, and it's you know, uh, you know, I think you know, sometimes you have these views. People call you cynical. It's like, well, it's not as cynical as the, as as the outlets that do it. <laughs> you know, that is yeah. that's is, that is the definition of cynicism because it is mm. just like playing on people's fears, playing playing on people's worries to sell papers and to basically internalize worries that they would never actually have you know yeah. a lot of things people think they're affected by they probably won't be affected by other than you know a, a lot of say like mainstream media outlets saying you need this is what you need to be worried about mm. um and i think also with that as relative to you in in, in the city of london and yeah. you know when you're if you're having you know sort of yearly review you know you're sort of having your sort of sales figures questioned you're going into a meeting about it you know it's covid people were furloughed mm. you know people uh, the more you see now there's more jobs being cut out and more mm. you know ai's coming in jobs yeah. are at risk you know all that's adding to to the sort of big picture of people's mental health and mm. how have you kind of kind of found mm. that uh, and specifically to London, where you are every day, you know, have yeah. you sort of seen that creeping in? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, with AI, I mean, I've, I mean, say in, in my particular field, how, I mean, I work in you know, finance industry, work in, in tax, and obviously, sort of like tax technology is a big thing. Um, and that's uh, sort of created its own cottage industry of like you're now getting like tax technologists and you know say say 10 years ago you wouldn't really have have that you know you'd have your, your spreadsheets and your databases and all that but you wouldn't really have that sort of like that that sort of way it's it, that sort of automation and using mm. robotics and it was actually when i was working in industry as an in-house uh, VAT advisor that I remember going to a technology forum and and seeing how the sort of digitization of, of tax in my industry and I, I couldn't I found it quite shocking how advanced it was it just all of a sudden must have been bubbling along another service and there, and there it is I, I think there's very much and, and, I, and I think with all this sort of stuff the, the good tools I don't quite see it yet as replacing us you know um i, I think a, a lot of say like what my role or my career is is in, is about sort of your know, relationships report with your client <clears throat> understanding your client appreciating where they're from them trusting you as well that you'll do the right thing and that you'll you won't just answer their question but you'll also have a commercial mindset and say you know i could tell you what the issue is what the risks are but i can't you know tell you how to run your business you know you've got to you've got to make that decision but i'll try and help sort of unpack these 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 things that could be of concern or these things that are risk areas or help to deal with tax authorities um but yeah i very much sort of see it as, as, a, as a as a tool i think it can be used as a very good tool um you know using robotics in um in, in some tax situations but um i think if anything it'll probably just drive it just sort of change the game that you know 
sort of automation you know we have these things now and you need people who, who understands the tools and can refine it so it, it might yeah it might sort of change like your career path and how you sort of focus on it but um i i don't sort of see it as absolute re replacement you know you, no, you can no. get you, you can get machines to say replace like workers in some industries but you still need someone to build and service the machines and you still need someone to operate the machine and Absolutely. and, and for, for example in my industry in the, in the lift industry they actually made a machine that would drill all the holes in the lift shaft mm -hmm. okay so it would yeah this robot's going up and down and it's drilling all the all the holes now this machine costs millions. Somebody's still got to be there to operate it. Yeah. What if yeah. something goes? What if one thing goes out of sync? What if mm. that machine needs servicing? So as well yeah. as servicing the finished product, you've got to service that product. Yeah. So I think mankind still has a very long way to go before this sort of automation yeah. and, and and this chat this chat GDP AI thing. Yeah. I think it it, it can be. I mean. I know my daughter's learned about chat GDP or whatever it's called in school. So they are right. learning about it. And I think, you know, in, in the same way where when we were at school, we're similar age, handwriting was, was really important. Mm. You know, yeah. you had, you were marked on your handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays in school, it's, it's all on iPads. And, mm. and if you can't use an iPad, you're being left behind. Yeah. You know, yeah. Who cares about your handwriting nowadays? Nobody, yeah. write, nobody technically is writing anything. No. No. Uh, you know, so it's like technology from from 20, 25 years has got to this point. You know, mm. in another 25 years, where's it going to be? We don't know. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I find it fascinating, really, the way, the way things are going. And yeah. uh then in, in the city of London, I'm sure that there'll be this kind of automated sort of letter writing kind of thing. But you still need humans. You still need well, humans. You, you do. You still need that sort of critical analysis, really. I mean, um, I mean, it, it's funny. The other, the other day, um, a, a chap I worked with, he just put into uh, into chat GB, uh, GPT, like it's just give us uh, just I think put in a, a sentence and do a. Do a proposal, do a tender, or like a quote for a piece of work, and didn't give any sort of specifics. But what came out was like a two-page like email proposal, and it was scarily close. We both said <laughs> yeah. like that. That is actually that. That is not far off the mark, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's scary. Um, but I think. Yeah, what, what I found, say, particularly like as I've sort of developed to say, like an, as an advisor is, and particularly in my uh, in my sort of field, uh, I found really an answering a question isn't the art. The art is actually understanding the right question you've been asked, and yeah. and I've had that quite a few times with quite a few sort of risky sort of tax situations where someone's asked me to say something quite innocuous, and I think, oh no, well yeah, that, this is the answer. They'll be, hang on, well, just 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 let's just take a couple of steps back. What is it for? Where's this come mm. from? Oh, well, it's actually this. Ah, right, you're into something completely different now. So if I just like yeah stimulus and response here's your question here's your answer answering a question is not the same as advice it's no. not uh you know anyone can you know be asked a question type it into google find the thing but being able to apply that and say 
choose out of a number of different options. That is that is my and that is a sort of a, a, a human thing. And I think say. I think you got to acknowledge that there, there is a really important human side into like relationships. Um, it's probably the people who aren't very good at sort of the, with those sort of human or social skills that design this kind of software, mm. design these sorts of tools. But fundamentally, uh, I think we all know that if if we've got a problem, sometimes I think you'd rather be speaking to a person, even if that person yeah, might yeah. make a mistake, at least you sort of have the basic things of empathy, understanding, you know, and it isn't just a clinical response. You know, mm. if we leave everything down to just logic, rationality, I think we lose a very important part of what it is to be human, really. And how, how do you kind of balance the um the pressure of you work in a high pressure financial sector how do you sort of balance the 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 advice that you're giving has to be absolutely bob on otherwise you could you you could make a slip and it, it could mm. be it could be costly you know you, you i know if you're anything like me i i used to not not in the same pressure cooker as you but if if i didn't word something correctly if mm. I if I let if I let slip, it's the wrong software or yeah. something. Then mm. I know a, a customer is going to come back at me. Ah, you know, we want a counterclaim against this, this, this. And I I'd sort of go to bed having sent an email and think, oh shit, why did I put that? And uh, yeah. So so how do you kind of find that within your? Um, I I don't. Yeah, I think at the point I'm now, I probably don't sort of have that same sort of pressure i think i think i've sort of seen enough and had enough experience in my in my sort of career to know when something is you know um you know, quite straightforward or requires complexity i think a lot of firms also have you know quite strict reviewing policies so but i think sometimes you need that sort of you need to be aware of oh there could be a bit something more to this because you're not expected to know everything no. um and you know, even as as a supposed expert, and and I think you sort of there's a bit of like discretion involved there, and there, there will be times where I think I know the answer and it seems right, but I just confer with a colleague just to make yeah, sure. Yeah. And so I think, but but that comes with experience. Yeah, you know, you know, I think some I remember like sort of being you know, sort of rookie years that you think, oh, I know this, I'm going to do this, and then it comes back, well, what about this? And you think, oh my god, I've like really just dropped yeah, myself yeah. in it and made myself. But and I think with anything, you sort of you learn from that. Yeah, it's it's not about you know. I think if. Everyone like makes mistakes, and but if you can't, you've got to learn from mistakes. Mm. It's how you respond to that mistake, um, and just take it with a bit of humility, mm. and just think, well, I've done that. I'll never do that again. It made me feel horrible, and you know, and I think that's a very important part of learning, a very mm. important part of developing, because you, you, there will inevitably be a time when you do make a mistake. Mm. Um, but if you just like go, go spare about mm. it. Or just you know, jack it in and say I can't do this because it's too much pressure. Then mm. that's not the right. That's not the right response, and it's probably not the right industry for you for you to be in. You know, mm. um, I, I think in terms of like you know, yeah, there are pressures, and you still there are still like you still make rookie mistakes every now and again, but mm. you still think well. 
yeah, you can't we can't win them all, and sometimes yeah, you will get that thing that you're just not sure about, or you get a, a difficult personality that you have to deal with, and you put very much on the spot, and or you having to turn something around very very quickly, and um, you might not have the the luxury of full review time mm. and things like that. But um, I, I think the important thing is just to like you know, if you were dealing with someone who themselves had never made a mistake, well, you know, yeah. that's, that's that's bollocks, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just how you deal with it. And I've had it when I've come back and said, look, really sorry about this. I've, you know, I need I need to consider this again. Please ignore ignore the last one. And, you know, it just, it just, it just happens. I've, I've mm. never had anyone go be snide about it or, yeah, yeah. or complain, you know, um, it kind of goes back to the managing expectations, you know, yeah. if somebody's and I, I do it all the time now and yeah. I, I I manage expectations above and beyond what yeah. I think. If, if I think something's going to take me a day, I will say it's going to take a minimum of one day. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if I get an email now, I very, very rarely will reply the same day. No, I will no. sleep. I will sleep on it. I'll, mm. In one case, uh, I had an email counterclaiming X, Y, and Z and, and this, that, and the other. And I thought, now nah, you know what? You can wait for a week while I, mm. while I, while I digest this. And, yeah. and I, one day I was going to send one thing. The next day I was going to send another thing. The third day I was going to send this. Then I was going to send. And I actually yeah. waited five days before I sent, right. sent, sent a mail. Because, mm. you know, people in my experience, uh, let's sort of say, the arseholes of the world, they're, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're sending emails to to garner an immediate sort of reaction right. to satisfy themselves. You know, they, they mm. want an instant reaction. They want a sort yep. of punch-punch. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of think, now I think, now I'm going to take the sting out of this and you're going to go on to my sort of terms and conditions mm. in, yeah. in, in, in how I reply to this. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's important. You don't sort of get dragged into uh, into that kind of thing. Take Absolutely. time, take take time to you know review what's been said. Mm. Sort of counter your arguments properly. So so I'm a big one for doing that. Even if even if it's a general inquiry, yeah. I'll still I'll still sleep. I'll still sleep on it. And, and the next day, you know, mm. if you want an instant answer, then just call me and, and yeah. you can talk yeah. about it. And and I think. In, in, in certainly in, in companies that I've been involved with in, in the past, it's it's gone, it's getting further and further away from that direct call. Mm. You know, it, yeah. it's getting more and more into sort of emails, covering ass, covering yeah. your own ass, yeah. documenting things. And um, I'm, I'm 100% sure in the city of London, there must be so much productivity lost just on people covering their asses in emails when a phone when a phone call would have solved it in in 10 minutes well that's that's it yeah as soon as you've got something down in writing that someone can hold you to then mm. you've got to be you've got to be pretty sure that what you've said mm. you know can't be taken out of context or and, mm. and sometimes and sometimes there is a bit of frustration because sometimes clients just want to say just just tell me should i do this or not or tell me what the answer is but you've got to do you know there's a bit of give and take there you've got to sort of do enough to sort of say well this is what i understand my you know my advice is based on what i understand with this um 
and if my assumptions were incorrect, then I get the, 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 so you do a lot of things to cover your back, but sometimes you think, yeah, it is just easy with a call. And sometimes I have done that. It's just look, I could just give you my opinion. It is what I would do. And then they go, would you mind putting that in writing? It's just, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, just, yeah, uh, I will, but. You know, uh, but yeah, it, it's going to come with like a dozen caveats. You know, it's yeah, going to yeah. come with like, you know, just because I don't want to be because essentially, if you have a client who signed a contract, you know, you're engaged with them. If you get it wrong, your ass is on the line. And that's what it, the contract is, is if you get it wrong, you you, you give hmm. them the full legal right to sue you. <laughs> you know, um, and that's what it's all. That's hmm. what it's that's what it's all about, really. And yeah, you just got to cover your back and like not hmm. not drop a bollock really with it. Um, and going back to something we sort of spoke about earlier, you know, how do you sort of manage um, the work-life balance personally? You know, how, how do you kind of find that these days? Um, it's a struggle. Uh, it, it really is. Um, um, I think I, I, I'm sort of blessed. Like, you know, the, 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 the firm that I'm with at the moment you know, it, it isn't like the sort of, you know, the more sort of cutthroat types or, you know, sort of firms, you know, um, who, who demand the, the, the sort of the pound of flesh. You're not you know, a robot. Uh, no, no. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of a lot of companies are probably turning on to that because everything is so public now. You know, every every company has a social media presence uh, and you sort, sort of, you know, this sort of PR exercise, this accountability, you've got to be shown to be sort of doing the right thing a lot. So I think a, firm's, a lot of firms have sort of caught on to that, that it is important. And if people feel they don't get the balance, then they'll they'll move on. So I, I, I certainly think the industry is, is the sector I work in has changed quite a bit. Uh, I think it's still got a bit of a way to go. Um but ultimately, you know, you will have policy, you know, have HR policy and things like that. But I think essentially, as long you know, th these are still very human issues. And if you're sort of the person you're dealing with at work is, you know, is, 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 a, is a nice person. And I'm mm. sort of fortunate to be in that position now who who is understanding and, you know, gives you, you know, and it gives you that, em that has that empathy and knows where you're coming from. Yeah, that that's great because you and I think even from a cynical point, you know, a firm doesn't want to lose people, you know, you know unnecessarily. Hmm. You know, if if all it takes is like a small tweak just to sort of get your balance in line, well, and if that saves that person from from leaving that job, well, that that's you know that that's the best result really, because losing people then trying to re-recruit, you know, it's it's a massive disruption. I think sometimes some firms have in the past been a bit short-sighted about that, mm. but um, I, I think there's a lot to be said, and and this sort of uh, that what what you're saying then nicely leads to leadership for me, um, mm -hmm. and the, the people who are leading your team, your honour, if you. I know you're. I know you're very quite. You're quite senior, so you're probably sort of dealing with managing director or, or something like that. But I, I certainly know that the leaders that I've worked with in the past, the best leaders are the ones who are asking, you know, what have you done this weekend? How's your son? Yeah, you know, they're, they're not sort of uh, switching themselves, isolating themselves from yeah. the, the personal life because you're spending half your life with these people in a yeah. you know absolutely yeah. so it's sort of like th they've got to put their arm around you ask how you're doing ask how life is 
mm-hmm. understanding your personal circumstances, you know, and they, you're going to get far more out of people by by uh, doing that than you are, yeah. for example, being closed off. You know, I, I used to yeah. work with a bloke. He, you know, did you have a good weekend? Yes, thank you. Right. <laughs> All right. Did you, did you did you get up too much? Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. And it's like sort of like Jesus Christ. You know, it's like getting blood out of a stone. <laughs> You sort, yeah. of, you sort of walk out of the office and you sort of think, what was the fucking point? Why do you yeah. bother? Yeah. You know? And so, straight away you're sort of on a on a, on a downer, you know, and it's sort mm. of like set, setting your day off like that. And, and you're spending half your life with these kind of people. And, I mean, like like yourself now, I'm I'm fortunate now to work, work with some great people. You know, mm. we, we, we go to we go on holidays together. The company yeah. are pay, paying for this. You know, we're all social, you know, everybody knows everybody's lives and is supporting each other in different ways. And, mm. you know, I think that's, su- I know it, that's a little bit more difficult in the corporate world. You know? Yeah, but I think the same things apply, though. I think I think to have a good working lifestyle, I think it needs to be a sociable working yeah. lifestyle. It's got to be more than just like cogging a machine, you know, results <laughs> All that there's got it. It's so important to have a good people sort of perspective at any 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 place you work at. Otherwise, if you don't have that, you just have the job. And if that job doesn't satisfy you, then you say, you know, this is that comes back to the whole thing of why do I do this? You know, and and I and I think sometimes, particularly like with the working from home, if you just work completely remotely and you don't have that social interaction, you can quickly say, well, if I don't have that. If I don't have, say, that, then am I literally enjoying the task that is in front mm. of me? And if you don't, then you can, you know, that's when you can start to have a bit of a, it all starts to break down a little bit. And you say, well, mm. why am I actually doing this if I don't actually enjoy the thing I'm doing? You know, mm. I think you need that sort of, that you certainly need that sort of social aspect. And I think whilst, say, tools like, say, Teams, Skype, Zoom, those are all good. That sort of helps sort of keep, you know, that keep, yeah, the, the sort of the world sort of turning and the you know, the corporate world turning you know, is massive, like massive boom. There's, there's still such an artificiality, I think, to you know, like um, sort of video conferencing. It's not the same as being in the room with, no. with people. Um, you know, everything's very sort of organised. Like, let's set up a call. You know, it isn't. You don't have that sort of same like. You'd hear a conversation there, something relevant. I might be able to able to sort of provide a bit of a bit of input into that, and I think you lose that sort of that inform that informality kind of. You know, that's. I think everything is very much to an agenda now, mm. um, and I think if you if yeah if everything is sort of done by proxy or done over like mm. yeah conference call you, you you lose you can lose a, a lot of like sort of development sort of stuff mm. i i found like trying to like line manage people uh remotely is very very mm. difficult um trying to develop them it, it's it, it, yeah it, there's a lot of challenges there and um and even though i think i'm i'm quite senior i've still got to develop in certain ways and i found that yeah. you know that's a struggle to sort of do that because you need to be in in an atmosphere you need to be in an environment where you see people thinking like that and you mm. get to learn 
their traits and what they're doing and how they approach things. You can't do that with a sort of like a structured like, well, let's have a half an hour. You're better to be sort of like in the thick of it and seeing how people operate. Otherwise, if you don't see how the person on the next level is operating, you don't know what sort of behaviours you have to exhibit to get to that stage if you're just in a silo and you're just isolated from all you don't know what it's how to act at the next level and it's kind of like the classic analogy with a football manager isn't it you know you know like the, the the best football managers are the ones who are the best man managers mm. you know who, who are getting the most out of out of a team you know i mean um yeah i i, I coach a rugby team playing it you know and not Everybody in that team is going to respond to me putting an arm around them. Not everybody no. in that team is going to respond to me screaming at them. Some, mm. some will, some won't. You know, yeah. so it's very much kind of like, you know, you've got to be sensitive to it. It's not a one size yeah. fits all approach, no. is it? And, and you've got to read, be able to read people. You know, and I always had a sort of. Uh, a saying where you, you never know what somebody's going through mm. at home yeah. before before you start judging them in, in the morning. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you can get somebody who's looks like they're on top of the world, but mm. they could be t- completely masking something at home. Yeah. You, you could have somebody who's coming late every day and you're sort yeah. of bar- barracking them, you know, why are you coming? Why are you late in? Again, mm. you never yeah. know what's going on at home. No. No. What the, you know, and it's like it, it, instead of sort of going to the going in with two feet at the first thing of why you're late, it's like, listen, is there some way I can mm-hmm. support you yeah. to help you to help you get in a little bit earlier? Yeah. Or or do you need to work flexible hours? Is is mm-hmm. it, would that would that help your situation if mm-hmm. you're happy to talk to me about it? You know, yeah. and I think it's like that empathy is is way better now. Than mm. it used to than it used to be in a lot of yeah, organisations. Definitely, definitely, and I think I think that's a very important point about yeah you don't know what's going on in people's lives, and I think if you're in the office with them together, you, you could probably see if someone's suffering, if someone's about to like lose it. You, mm. you can't see that, you know, if you're in your office at home, they're in their office at home, mm. and you're just trying to call them. I think. Um, yeah, when when we sort of moved to sort of working remotely, say particularly under lockdown, I was always very sensitive to that. I was always mm-hmm. like, you know, if I'm calling someone out of the blue, I don't know what. Yeah, you know, the, the, these were weird times, very mm-hmm. sort of intense times, um, and you, you, you don't you didn't want to be that sort of that that sort of trigger of that person mm-hmm. say having having a having a breakdown, and 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 I, and I sort of had that myself there was time when i just like a couple of jobs a couple of jobs ago i was like um working and everything just sort of felt like slog everything just sort of mm. felt like you know you want to do a good job and then but it's just too much of it i'm mm. you know, doing the, the work of like say three or four people working like 14 15 hour days mm. and it didn't feel very satisfying you know and and that was a big thing like yeah why why am i doing this you know um it, it is like, and, and I, I I suffered a breakdown. I I, I was signed off with stress because it was just like, it was just it was just too much. And I think it was like if it'd been in the office, someone probably would have seen that before mm. we got to that point. 
and that's when you started to feel quite alone quite isolated mm. and not knowing how to sort it out either because mm. it isn't like you know I, I think i think with mental health you need you don't have um the guy you know it, it get a cut you put a plaster on it or if you're a big, big you know you go to the hospital and you stitches you know what it is if you're feeling so overwhelmed or just so like miserable or like you don't know why you're functioning it, it's how do you get out of that yeah. you know it's um and 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 we have and as humans what we kind of tend to do is what once you sort of feel that pressure but it's not going to build and explode in one go it's gonna, it's gonna gradually, gradually, and it's gonna yeah. take maybe a yeah. year, six months or a year, and yeah. it's gonna compound a little bit every day. And and then what we yeah. do as humans is, we we find a kind of, we kind of, we find a small release, a glass of wine, uh, yeah. a, a, you know, a, a couple of bottles of beer, mm. you know, a bowl of chips, what whatever it is, you find mm. that kind of, that, and it just takes a. Uh, yeah. Just lets you breathe, just lets you breathe mm. for a few seconds every night after that day. You don't yeah. do anything. You don't do anything to cure anything. No. You go in. You go in. You've tempor- temporarily solved it that night. Yeah. You go in. The, yeah. You go in the next day. It's the same shit, and it builds mm. a little bit more. Yeah. Instead of yeah. instead of what instead of one glass of wine, it's two. Yeah. And you get then you get to Friday and you think, well, God, the week's finished, right? Yeah. Blast blast out. Friday night blast out. You know, then so could be something at home. Yeah, it is adding again at the weekend. Again, you don't yeah. quite solve it. You don't quite solve it. It compounds. It compounds, yeah. and that and then it ends up like you say, having to take time off work. And yeah. that's when then you really got to start taking steps to cure it because yeah. it's not yeah. come all at once. You know, I mean, mm. I, I've I've been there myself. Like you had had exactly the same kind of um, uh, experience. Mm. It built slowly various uh, yeah. various things, money problems, X, Y, and Z, business yeah. issues. And, and a, you don't see it at the time. You just kind of take it as life and this, yeah. is, the no, this is the norm. But mm. then when you do come through the other side and you have that experience and, and ho- hopefully you're, you're going to do that and you, or you've done it, you, you kind of look back on it and you've got these tools now that you can use that, that don't involve alcohol or yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that uh, that that sort of reminded me of a point. Like when when we were sort of working like from home and like yeah, like the the, the work and laptop is is in the next room. I I think like a lot of people I work with, a lot of yeah, you know, a lot of other people, you, you needed that because you didn't have that like an hour commute home from the office to decompress. You're literally mm. like walking through the next room. That's interesting. And, and a dangerous point there was. To sort of separate it, I think a lot of people relied on drink, mm. like, and you know, because it almost felt like the end of the day, right? Poof, laptop, I'm going to close that. I'm going to have a beer now, and then, mm. and then, and yeah, and it wasn't. And then it wasn't just one beer. You sort of needed to reward yourself, or then, or yeah, that was a you know, good job, well done. Going to have a couple more, and then, mm. and then I, I think like. Uh, yeah, we're getting like the sort of supermarket deliveries at home, getting like the Ocado order in, and there's like fucking and, like we like my wife looked at, we look, we looked at each other, me and my wife, we're just so like we're like fucking like four crates of beer, in. like <laughs> you, you know, like there's no room in the fridge for anything else. Like what are we doing? You know, and yeah, yeah. That, and 
I remember talking to other people at work and they were just like, yeah, the lockdown's great, getting pissed every night, it's fantastic. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that's that's not healthy. You know, that no. is like a really artificial way of trying to draw the line between your work and, and, and leisure. And um, yeah, it, it's certainly no way to establish balance. No. Um, but I do remember that 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 job a few yeah a couple of years ago, two or three years ago within lockdown, and I just remember like boiling the kettle before I had to go back and like just get into more more slog and I just like and it was weird you could feel it rising you know mm. you could you could just feel like and like you said there's a few things going on then it just takes one sort of little catalyst to sort of tip you over and that's what I felt I it was a physical sensation like I feel mm. I'm actually gonna like explode now yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> you think and it's for nothing it's mm. just like I've had three shitty emails this morning mm. And it's just like, and under normal circumstances, just be able, yeah, just either bat them off or deal with them. But it just felt so relentless. And I think it was just about the sort of, again, coming back to that TED Talk clip of why are you doing this? Mm. If you, because it, it sometimes feels so relentless. You think, why am I doing? You think, well, why am I doing this? Why is mm. this my life? It is just sort of slog, and it's just mm. hard work with no sort of real. I don't, I don't see myself necessarily as like materially minded. You mm. know, you know, I, I, I think you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that we're sort of comfortable and able mm. to sort of have a you know a, a nice life and not have to sort of have like money worries. But I'm not like, yeah, I need brand new car every two years or yeah that's not what motivates me i think what motivates me is something a bit i like to think is something maybe a bit deeper mm. of doing a of doing a good job being sort of trustworthy reliable you know get, being able to get on with people that sort of means a lot more to me but if it's sort of like if it's just reduced to like you know tip for tat emails and advice and just trying to sort of please the client you know, uh, that's when you can start to have a bit of like I don't know, like an existential crisis. Why mm. the hell am I? Uh, why, mm. why am I doing this? Why have I ended up here as well? Can I get out of the? You know, you think, and you can feel trapped. You can feel isolated, and you don't know where to turn. It's it's like eventually the facade will just break down. Yeah, I think I think it's like when you're not when you're sort of out of control, things yeah. are not in your control, the path, mm. you know, you, you, I don't know specifically your example there, but I've been there myself when I'm, I'm, I'm in a job that I just do not like the yeah. people around me just don't motivate me. You mm. know, they're not, they're not challenging me, Yeah. you know, and, and I sort of went from a, a job where I was working with somebody who was really technical, really challenging me, Yep. Dri driving me every day, questioning me every day, mentorship and learning something every day he was involved yeah. in all the decisions, even though he is way more uh, qualified than I am, but he's mm. still involved me. Yeah. He, he could see potential in me. Uh, yes. I, I was fully fulfilled and it, it was fantastic. I learned more there than, than I ever did to then yeah. go, then go into another good job. But that unfortunately went a bit south, one thing and another. Yeah. And then, and then I'm sort of working with people who don't take my opinion on board. Okay. Who, who don't value my, my experience? Who, mm. who literally, you know, they're, they're how, how's the best way to put it? That they're only interested in their own gains and their okay. own the, the, working themselves. That working the, the, that 
that arena out for themselves. Right. You know, and, and if somebody is is chal- is questioning what they're doing, it's like, mm. how, how dare you question yeah. the, the operation, you know, because this is working for me. So if mm. you question if you question this operation, you're gonna fuck it up for me mm. and, and my and my sort of plans to manipulate things in my benefit. Yeah. You know. And I kind of found myself in that situation where I was just like, I, I can't fucking go on like this no, anymore. No. You know. <clears throat> and and I like to think I'm a pretty reasonable person. You know, I can mm. I can sit down, I can talk with people, yeah. I, I can put my opinion across well, I can take I can take criticism. And and then on the other hand, I can be honest. So yeah. I, I found myself where that really affected my mental health. And it, it was almost mm-hmm. like it was almost like it would only take one one gesture. Mm. One you know, if I'd said, yeah. said if I said something and, and I got a look as if to say, What are you talking about? That that would just send me over the edge. Yeah. yeah. To, to, that... to a point where because because the damage is already done and I'm already I'm already functioning in this toxic, mm. toxic place. It would literally, I was just on a knife edge yeah. every day. with, And, it, one... and it's just that breaking point, isn't yeah. it? And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and, and that, that adds into work and life balance because when, when you're on that knife edge all day, you go home mm. and, you know, something as innocuous as, Oh, didn't didn't you empty the dishwasher before you left this morning? Yeah, can, can, uh, can lead to a fucking explosion. Yeah, because yeah. you've been pressure cooking all day. Yeah, you know, and you've got no sort of outlet, and you sort of harbour in this pressure. That mm. it, it, you you end up taking it out when you get home on the people who absolutely don't deserve that. That's it. And if you bottle it up all day, you know, once you once you open it, it, it everything yeah. sort of floods out and. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's knowing how to do. It's knowing how to do that. It's knowing how to sort of let off steam, or how to sort of deal with things before they sort of brew, just become something else. Uh, and it and it's difficult. And it's difficult because sometimes you you, you don't know what your breaking point is. You don't know how to do. It. And sometimes you can only sort of seek help once well say seeking help is one thing but often it's like when it's too late you know i think mental health isn't necessarily about like you like say physical health is not just about sort of you know when you break your leg get it in plastic it's about looking Mm. after yourself and making sure you know it's about maintaining your physical health i I think with mental health with mental health it's more it's not necessarily about sort of trying to condition it because i don't think Mm. we all know really how to fully maintain our mental health it sometimes feels like an issue to be solved rather than just to maintain and um and sometimes with mental health because some might yeah there is certainly still a stigma to it and people don't like to talk about i think particularly like with with men i don't Mm. know whether it's like a sort of a masculine thing to like not show weakness because someone else could sort of you know yeah sort of take your job or 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 Mm. whatever but you know and i think that's the thing not being able to deal with it rationally or at the time then when it does blow up you know come on you think well what do i do how Mm. do i get help with this and sometimes that feeling of not knowing how to get help that can really contribute to that, mm. that to that spiral. I think what one tool I sort of 
grew out of that experience with myself was I, I started to become, and I used to call it the grey man. Right. So I, I used to say, I'm a grey man. I'm not mm. white. I'm not black. I'm, yeah. I'm literally devoid of of having any emotion to anything that anyone says or, or to yeah. anything I do. It's a job. If somebody says something I don't like, okay, yeah. that's fine. No problem. And mm. I used to come home, and this was sort of going on for maybe two years. I'd sort yeah. of come home and, and the missus would say, oh, how was your day? And I'd say, absolutely fan standard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's become a joke now in the house. Yeah. Just, how, how, how was your day? Fan standard. Yeah. Absolutely dead mean level zero yeah i'm neither happy nor sad and mm. i used to i used to have this joke that, that that's how i used to deal with it i just used to mm. drift through the day as a neutralized being yeah <laughs> and, and, and that's how i kind of ended up dealing with it and then i would yeah. come home i would come through the front door and i would just be in neutral mode yeah. So if, if somebody did, and not that this would ever happen, but if somebody did say, why didn't you do the bloody dishwasher before you left? I would just say, mm. oh, no problem. Sorry, I'll do it now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I just kind of just neutralized myself against mm. all, all emotion. Yeah. And, and and that was just a way of dealing with it. And yeah. it might be, might be right, might be wrong. Mm. I don't know. No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, kind of now I'm a bit different. You know, I, I enjoy what I do. I love the people I work with yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, very fulfilled. And it's sort of be, being like that again Yeah, uh, has led me into other things, the, the podcast and, and various other activities and things like that. So it, yeah. it, it takes that sort of, it, it can drag your whole kind of life down that you're not, mm. you know, you're not motivated to do, to do things outside of work. It just drags yeah. your whole, uh, your whole ether down, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think that's it. I think it is just being in tune with what what makes you what makes you happy, what makes you tick. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, music was like a big part of my life. Mm. You know, from very you know, very early age, and you know, a lot of like you know, recording, working through the nights. You know, just uh, headphones on, knuckling down shuts out the outside world and i think you know we're having like now we're having you know a family you know wife and a five-year-old boy at home you know the the opportunity isn't there you know it, it you know uh, it's and also i sort of turned it into like you know that's not my thing anymore or at least for the time at least for the time being and i've sort of struggled to find like a different outlet Mm. um for that um you know tried a few different things you know tried a few other sort of hobbies i always sort of hated the idea of hobbies you know when mm. growing up because you know i always just saw what i did as like a collection of things i do some things i get paid for doing some things i don't but you know there's a motivation behind why i do stuff and i think particularly for me like music having a creative outlet it was this feeling of putting a stamp on the world leaving a bit of a legacy mm. you know doing some something that you know that is unique and um i think sometimes having sort of lost sight of that i think that's yeah i've really lost a bit of yeah that, that's that's mm. brought in a lot of imbalance uh and, it, and it's hard it's hard you know bringing bringing kids up it, it, it's a hard thing you know it's not it's no longer your your life you're looking after you know your, your kids and giving them the best upbringing you can and you, there's a lot of sacrifice in there and i, I get that uh, yeah, I get that now. Uh, um, um, 
and I think it's it's just reminding yourself, okay, well, this is this time now. You know, mm. this is just this point in time doesn't mean that what's happening now is going to happen like this f- forever. And you just got to sort of remind yourself of that and f- just find those things that's, that you that you're in that you enjoy mm. and uh, and understand why you enjoy them. A lot, a lot, I, I've had it, it was funny. I had. Um, I'm going through a bit of therapy right now with, um, you know, I'm, I'm been suffering past few, few months with, with depression, with anxiety. And for the first time I've had, like you started on, on cognitive behavioral therapy, like CBT. And that's been really, really useful. And just in terms of understanding why you do things it was a great sort of exercise that we did of like you know, just break your 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 say your week or a day into like your day into like two hour chunks or what did you do in those like 8 8 a.m to 10 a.m and you'd say did i enjoy this and i say like okay well i enjoyed that i felt accomplished okay and they said oh well, let's take a step back here enjoyment and accomplishment are not the same thing just because you've achieved something and say okay well you achieved it did you enjoy it? Oh, right. And for the first time, I sort of separated the two. I hadn't, I'd never done that before. I, I'd sort of been like, mm. you know, I've enjoyed doing that because I, you know, I've enjoyed doing a bit of gardening because I've, I've, I feel accomplished, like the garden's looking mm. better. You know, that's my enjoyment. But sort of separating enjoyment from uh, achievement. That, that was quite a new way of looking at things for me. And then, and then the other th- the other part was social connectedness. Is what you did? Did you, you rate it zero to ten? How socially connected did you feel? And and it's almost like you're having like a bit of like um like a thought diary or a mood diary, and you're saying like, how do these things make me feel? And I, mm. I think that was quite a useful exercise. And I think that sort of opened my eyes to a lot of things that mm. you know. Growing up, you know, a lot of it was being about sort of doing music, doing production, doing recording, remixing, whatever, and getting better at it. And, you know, you think that's why I was enjoying it, because I'm getting better and I'm doing something, feel accomplished. And I always thought at the time, like doing stuff like, I don't know, playing on a PlayStation. Years ago, I thought, well, that's just like a massive waste of time, not accomplishing anything. So how could I enjoy it? And now it sort of switched me on to like, well, you don't have to feel accomplished to just enjoy something just mm. do something for the sake of enjoyment or do something for the sake of just being sociable mm. um I, I mean i suppose you can i think i was talking about this with luke possibly where, where sort of like we, we were talking about sort of running for example or mm. or, sort of, or sort of going back to your childhood of, <clears throat> of when you were sort of happiest yeah sort of like when you were fishing when you were mm. running when you were cycling you know we didn't run and have Strava logging our personal bests yeah. every kilometre. We, we were just doing it because we loved it, yeah. you know. And, and nowadays, you're kind of caught in between the, the achievement of running a, a sub-5K mm. sub or a 5K run in a PB. Yeah. Um, but but are, you, are you running because you're enjoying it or are you, are you running it just to, for, for, the, for the sort of dopamine of knowing you're going to get a PB mm. and 5K, and, and I, I guess it's along them lines. It's, a, it's an interesting one, though, absolutely, because I think, like, uh, and again, that can come down to motivation, because, say, if you were sort of clocking, like, your time and you find yourself getting, like, worse and worse, 
that would really dent your motivation. Like, what the, mm. what, why the hell am I? Do, you know, mm. why am I? Why am I slugging my guts out for something mm. that is too hard, and I'm not? Mm. I'm not getting better at it when I should be. Mm. That can be very demotivating. Um, and I think sometimes with the motivation, that sort of bit of social expectation. You know, they, this is why I think these tools are very, uh, are very successful and very popular because mm. um, there's a bit of accountability there as mm. well, and that that can be like a bit of a motivating. Of the like people are expecting me now to run every mm. you know several times a week and if i don't do that ooh, what's wrong you, you know and there's a the, you can put a bit of like expectation on yourself and that can help motivate um as well it's uh in fact, i think yeah it's, it's a very complex thing i think mm. motivation uh, why we do things yeah and i think for for, for me i speak, I speak personally for me it, it's it's almost about the discipline mm. and, and what I've found has really helped me. Um, I've not been in great places, not, not catastrophes, just, mm. you know, not, not feeling too great. And, yeah. and what really has really fixed it for me is the discipline mm-hmm. of re- removing debate from, yeah. from, from my mind uh, of anything. So doing press ups in the morning, yeah. going, going for a run, going for a cycle, having a shower at this time, eating fiber in the morning, you yeah. know, not, not drinking a case of beer every night mm. and just having the discipline of saying, yeah. no, no, there's no, there's no debate about this. This is yeah. what we do yeah. now. We have to have this structure mm. because, because the structure, I mean, I, I'm certain there's people out there who don't need structure who mm. don't need discipline, who can just drift through every day as positive and happy as Larry, who genuinely have not got a care in the world. Yeah. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's probably people who are dying of anxiety every day mm. who can't get out of bed. Yeah. And then you've got this kind of grey zone in the middle where most of us are. And, and then yeah. you've got the, this scale of what, of where you fall on this scale. Mm. And for, for, for me... That that is what works, oh, and I, I stick to it like yeah. the gospels now. And, yeah. and I, I and you know I get to the weekend and I still do it. Sunday I will yeah. still do it. Good. You know Friday or Saturday I might treat myself to a few premium yeah. German lagers. <laughs> you know Jesus Christ, and you got to balance that with you only yeah. live once. You know, yeah. you, you only live once, and if yeah. you want a fucking bottle of German premium beer, go and buy yourself one Absolutely, and fucking enjoy yeah. it. Just yeah. don't buy yourself fifteen and drink yeah. them all. Yeah, you know, and yeah. then wake up and feel like shit. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. y- you've got to balance this sort of. Yeah, th- th- we're only on this fucking planet once, and yeah. you've got to fucking enjoy it. Yeah, you know, d- yeah. don't don't get caught up with, you know, that there's a lot about health nowadays. You mm. know, just use some fucking common sense. Absolutely. If you, if you have a fucking Big Mac every day, you're going to put yeah. weight on if you're not exactly. burning it off. Yeah, you know, but, but yeah. every now and again, if you but, but like good, good, but good forming good habits is it's impre- it's incredibly important, but very very hard to do, isn't it? Yeah. And having yeah. that setting that discipline, and I think a lot of that is is with results as well. And I think if you don't see those instant results, then you're going to get you know, you're going to get disheartened and uh, and lose it. But you got to just sort of like just get to a point where you're doing it without thinking momentum. Um, yeah momentum is the absolute key word so Mm. so you have to say you have to go okay i'm going to give myself two weeks to get to get momentum so Mm. so you you have to start with this well what a lot of people will do is 
let's take running because it's the most populous thing on earth. And yeah. What you'll find people do is they'll they will go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a run today. I don't really want to, but I'm going to try and do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then they will try and run. They might do three or four K. They'll feel like shit. They'll go home. You know, mm. they'll, they'll work. They'll have a, they'll have had a bad experience with yeah. it. The next day, they won't go. It may be mm. it'll take three or four days, and then it'll bit the thoughts will build up again. They will go again, and then mm. after that, they, they probably won't go. You know, or yeah. they'll go once yeah. a month. The, the the key to it is is saying these two weeks, I'm going to run every day, and I don't yeah. care how I feel. I'm going to get my momentum because that's the entire point as well. Having a shit run is better than not running at all. Hundred percent. So cycling, yeah. You know, weight training, just having mm. a walk, just having a walk. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't have, you don't have to run. You know, people no. are not not everybody is a runner, but have, mm. having a walk and saying from 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 eight pm to nine pm, I'm going to walk. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put a podcast yeah. on or my music. I'm just going to yeah. go for a walk, but I'm going to do it every day. Mm. And then what yeah. happens is after a week, you go. Fucking hell, I can't not go now because I've built this momentum up and I'm going to yeah, let myself yeah. down, you know. So so it's like once you decide on something to start with, and yeah. like I, I think I said previously, you've got to compound these little wins, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and the more you build up, then the, the more that the discipline will set in. And yes. then before you know it, before you know it, you're not even thinking about your mental health. No, you're just thinking about your process. Well, well that's it. It, 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 and I, and I think with mental health, it's being lifted out of that. You need that thing because that that was the thing. You know, I was, you know, when I was having a bit of a quite a low point, was trying to sort of say, well, I was always better when I was exercising, but I literally just can't. Be, or I try doing it and think, oh, I really failed there. I really fought that one mm. off. And I think, well, what's the point? I can't even do that. Well. And you just you get into that rut, and and it was. Yeah, just trying to trying to break out of that, particularly when you're in a, a particular headspace. And another good thing from, say, starting the therapy was, you know, um, a lot of what you did was driven by your mood. Mm-hmm. And and what they said, they, they had, having this idea of a thought diary, you could turn it into a, like a plan instead, like a weekly plan. And that's what I did. And I sort of set out this plan. Uh, every, every hour, every day, this is what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to work, chunk this, and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to really structure it. And the important thing was, was that you follow the plan. You don't follow your mood. Mm-hmm. If you follow your mood, you won't do it. But, yeah. and I remember at one point, like, before I did that, I was thinking, I should go for like a hike in the forest. Because the forest is just on the doorstep. Go, go on that. And... And I was like, just getting myself really wound up. Like it took me like an. I think like, oh, I'm going to listen to some music here. What should I listen to? What 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 is in sort of harmony with my mood here? And it took me like a fucking hour to pick a song, put a first song on the iPod. And Laura just said, "What the? What are you do? Just get out and walk." Oh, okay. Yeah. And then just walk. And then then just went out and walked and you know hiked it for like several miles. And you know just ignored like the, the like the iPod, not thinking about that. And I thought, bloody hell, that's the thing. That that's anxiety. That that he yeah. couldn't even do these sort of very basic, small things. And that was quite an eye opener. That because I, I I'd, I'd had friends who had you know similar sort of issues, and like they'd be over and like you, you, they couldn't make it like a decision. And I think you, know, fuck me, just get yourself together and make a decision. Mm. But then putting myself in that, I thought 
that's what it feels like and that was like a big a big eye opener that sort of empathy that mm. that's what they were going through and now I completely identify with that mm. but you know it is a, it is an imbalance in your brain chemical yeah your brain's mm. not functioning as, as it should and how do you get back on on mm. track but that 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 weekly planner was was a that was like a real turning point for, for me because it felt that rather my week just being full of like obligation and shit that I didn't want to do, it allowed you to structure it and get that balance because you color code it. And they said like you have the three types of things that you're filling in your diary. One is your source of your routine stuff. Mm. One is your must do's. You've got to do it. And the third one is like your own time, your enjoyment. And I never thought about that either. I felt that life was just so tough and so full of obligations, you know, obligations to work, obligations to like with family, you know, and I didn't put any time in for myself there. And color coding it was, was a very important part for me because then I see him, I think like, have I got a good balance? Is there too much green on there, which represents mm. the obligations? Is there enough yellow in there that these are the things that I want to do? And that was incredibly important. And, and and it just helped me sort of get out of that rut a little bit and get doing stuff. For the, the couple of very important tools and very simple, very obvious tools as well. But you can start to see yourself being lifted out of that and then mm. making sure that you focus on yourself, making sure that you give yourself enough time to do things that you enjoy doing as well and really think about what you're enjoying doing as well. And also being kind to yourself. Don't feel that like my day's wasted. I haven't done all this. If I just feel like just sort of, you know, zoning out and spending a bit of time in the garden or something, or or even just going to the pub, having a chat with people, having a couple of pints. You know, don't feel that because you haven't accomplished something that you need to beat yourself up about it. Hundred mm, percent. And I think what's what's really important that goes along with that as well is the communication of, of yeah. the whole kind of project to the people around you. Because if you're sort of privately going through this sort of process alone, and you're not mm. sort of explaining. To, to your loved ones listen uh, mm. uh, this is this is that this is the big picture yeah you need to understand it and if you don't do that then you you, you it's almost pointless then because mm. the, the minute you may want to try and do something for yourself it's like well hang on a minute mm. uh, i've been left with a kid again yeah I've, I've got these jobs to do you're being mm. unfair you be, you're being selfish you mm. know so it's really important to sort of communicate listen yeah this is you need it and not just you need it your family unit needs it as well because if you deplete of any of any enjoyment and that 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 is the pressure cooker isn't it if you if you you feel your life is just full of obligation you feel you haven't got anywhere to turn or how to enjoy yourself how to relax or break out of it that is when you start getting these existential crises like crises you you think like why is everything so tough why is everything just full of obligation and and responsibility why don't i have any enjoyment and Mm. that can send you into some pretty dark places Mm. um not just you as well you you know your loved ones you know i I remember many times i was probably super selfish going off doing things on my own didn't communicate well at all you know leaving the missus with the kids while I was off for the day golfing or in the pub and then it's like you you get a phone call quite rightly Mm. when you're coming home and it's like 
stop fucking mithering me. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's not, is it? You know, it, it's yeah. not, that's not the case. It, it's something completely normal. But mm. when, when you're in that sort of bad place, yeah, everything ki- kind of compounds, compounds. Yeah. And properly. when you feel very vulnerable as well, uh, I, I think, you know, that's, that's an important, you know, showing weakness, showing vulnerability mm. is a big obstacle to sort of mm. admitting you have a problem. Like, yeah, if you've like, yeah, broken your arms, well, you can't hide it. I've broken my arm. You know? But yeah, if you're yeah. like, I'm about to have a breakdown, you know, mm. we don't know enough about it to know really what that, what that means. And I think the more people talk about it prop, you know, properly and open up, that's why I thought this is, this is important because I've never, yeah, it it was only like sort of dealing with other like I wouldn't say dealing, having other friends who were really going through tough times and dealing with mm. depression, and it felt nice to just be able to sort of be able to say this, mm. and even though it, you, know, you still can still feel quite vulnerable in opening up. I think you can find a lot of people identifying with what with what you're saying. I and, think uh, I think most people. Right. I, yeah. I think most people will be listening, for example, to us and they'll be thinking, fucking hell, that's my life. Yeah. That, that's exactly yeah. my life. And, and you know, it's like you, you, you come out and you talk about these things and it sort of sets one person, another person talking. Then there's a yeah. chain react. Then there's a chain yeah. reaction. And, mm-hmm. and then everybody's kind of going, well, I'm not I'm not on my own feeling yeah. like this. This yeah. is com- completely normal. You know, now now we're sort of normalising it, and mm. you can start putting plans in together, uh, and, and start. You know, what works for me might not work for you. What yeah. what works for you might work for you for someone mm. else. And yeah. you know, you, you might say, "Well, I, I kind of like that idea to go for a walk," or "I, I kind of like that idea for for mm. cycling," or "Oh yeah, you know." And, and before you know it, you, I mean, that's generally what I've done. You know, you're listening to. Other podcasts, you know, Joe Rogan, mm. and he's he's quite good with the guests he gets on. They're open, yeah. and you kind of, oh, I, I like the way that guy dealt with that, and I like the, mm. the way and this sort of tool. And I, I'm sort of all the time sort of picking tools out and yeah. sort of seeing where I can fit them in to just making things easier in the day and 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 working. Mm. And 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 you know, at the end of the day, if you if you're happy and fulfilled out of work when you go into work. You know, mm-hmm. work work's going to be so much easier, even yeah. just by being in a good mood. You know, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I mean, if, if you've been to work with a hangover, you're going to know how how <laughs> fucking difficult that day is. Yeah. You know, it's like your worst yeah. nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't even dream of it now. I couldn't. Mm. I, I could not even dream about. I mean, but I have done. You know, years and years ago. Yeah, I remember. I remember when we were sort of early twenties, being in nightclub till four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> With, with my Ibis vest on and my rigger boots on, yeah, you know, and, and then just get two hours sleep and, and with the rest of the village the people, yeah, with the, yeah, exactly, you know, three hours sleep and then onto the building site, yeah, wow, you know, and like you know, just in a fog, and then yeah. you're in such a fog, you just get back on it when you finish because there's no yeah. other thing to do, you know. Yeah. And now I, I just kind of look back and I'm I'm glad in a way. That, that you do it I, i'm not yeah. i'm not a regret person you know i'm not mm. regretful of it but yeah. i'm like i couldn't think of anything worse now you know <laughs> like hell you know well but it's fascinating yeah um well we're sort of running out of time tom i want to say thanks so much for opening up it's been absolutely brilliant so cheers mate and thank you for having me on you know great 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 to speak great to catch up yeah and all the best mate
You too, mate. Nice one. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.